Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Ryan Tejas is here with me, the beloved Ryan Tejas. Yep, I am here. Beloved. Did you? Uh, you're beloved. I think that uh, nice. a lot of people out there like you. That's nice. It is nice. It is nice. I hope you're enjoying your week, guys. I hope you're being good to yourselves. And uh, thanks for listening. Uh, if you're tuning in here for Joe Latruglio, I hope you tune in and subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe on YouTube, please, and uh, Apple and wherever else you get your podcasts. The handles to uh, follow us on the because uh, there's always some fun in- information that Bryce puts out there or I put out there, and the handles are. Uh, at inside of you pod on Twitter, at inside of you podcast on Instagram and Facebook. That's correct. That is absolutely correct. We've had some great guests and some really great guests coming up. So I'm really excited. Joe Latruglio, in just a second, let me just say a few things. Uh, I will be at the Motor City Convention, Motor City Con, October 15th with Tom Welling doing a Smallville Nights. Get your tickets now online. Uh, also, um, yeah, we're going to be doing a Smallville Nights together. Um, also October 9th, we'll be doing a stage at playing a lot of music. So if you go to stage it.com, S T A G E I T.com, Rob and I, the band sunspin, we're going to be playing a lot of jams. It's Rob's birthday. So make sure you tune in, make sure you tune in. You also get tickets at sunspin.com along with awesome merch. You can get inside of you merch at inside of the inside of you online store. There's Lex Luthor stuff. There's Smallville stuff. There's, uh, inside of you stuff. And last but not least, my lovely patrons, I love you. Uh, thanks for supporting the podcast. A little extra to help the podcast move along. Just go to patreon.com slash inside of you. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash inside of you. I'll write you a message right after. There's different tiers. There are different things. Um, it's a wonderful community. I really love it. Uh, Joe Latruglio, fantastic. Just love having him on the podcast. He talks about the final season and shooting Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Really exciting stuff, and um, he's been in a lot of other stuff. You've probably seen his face in Wet Hot American Summer. Uh, what did you love mostly about this? I just like his energy. I like what a great he's, he's just a good guy. He, he is. Just, he's, he's just he's a good funny. freaking dude, yeah. and he's got some great stories, and I'm really excited about his new horror movie that he's directing, and we'll get into all that. So right now, let's just get into it. Let's get inside of Joe Latruglio. It's my point of view. Listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Joe, this is a treat. Uh, it, it's uh, just, you know, it's watching that, you pull up. Thanks for uh, having me again. I, yeah. I love having you, and you were such a great guest last time. And, you know, I know you've been incredibly busy, dude. Like you're, you're, I, I just love watching your career because I, I talked about this a little bit before, but you're always the guy that was like, oh yeah, you were that, you had one scene in that, or you had a scene in that, right? Yeah. It was, it was just kind of like you were moving and shaking and going, you did yeah. the comedy troupe, the state, and you were always, and then all of a sudden things just took off. 
Yeah, you know, that's how these things go. I Again, I think we touched on this a little bit uh, last time. Is You got to find the right people. You got to surround yourself with good people, people that are better than you. And then... <laughs> is that what you it, always do? You surround yourself I, by better I, people? I try to surround myself with people that are, you know, more talented than I, so I can raise the game. I think that's the smart thing to do. <laughs> You know, like, uh, you know, there's a mix. Of course, there's a mix, right? You can't always be around people that are better, but um, I think it's an advantage, uh, and it's a it's a way to improve yourself. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. you, we didn't really talk about this, but you you grew up in Florida. I did. I said Florida. It's Florida. You say Florida. No, Florida. I say Florida. I say. Florida. I do say Florida, but yeah. sometimes I say Florida. But what was that like? Were you like a popular guy in high school? Um, no, I w I wasn't unpopular. I, I was, I rode the line between being in the drama department, which I was and captain of the swim team, which is athletics, but it's the swim team. So it's you not... were the captain mm -hmm. of the swim team. Yeah. But you're I, a swimmer. I'm a swimmer. I was a backstroker, but, be, but because I was involved in, in a, I'm using air quotes, a sport, mm -hmm. it is a sport. It's a sport I love, but in the high school vernacular in the high school world swimming isn't you know put on the pedestal did like, you shave your body i uh narrowed it you narrowed it i narrowed doesn't it doesn't nair, nair burn the skin it does i tried it with some of my back hair once it and wasn't that didn't go the well. best thing um but i narrowed it yeah uh is it, that for the aerodynamics it, it, <laughs> is that it's the hydrodynamics i guess um it didn't work you know, it didn't, it didn't add any, it didn't take off any time. Well, you know, like, what's funny is I swear to God, I didn't start puberty till late, like junior in high school. I had uh -huh. no hair under my arms. So uh -huh. when we played basketball, cause I grew up in Indiana and I, I didn't play basketball much, but when we did like you know, pickup games, yeah, I'd always fear that I was going to be, um, not the shirts. I was going to be the skins. Oh, okay. And then one time this guy, Mike Curry, who had armpit hair, probably in fourth grade, just Harry wow. and the Hendersons down there. Uh -huh. I remember he looked at me and goes, Rosenbaum, you don't have any hair under your arms. Dude, are you serious? You're in high school. And everybody looked at me and I go, oh, no. Oh, I'm a, I'm a swimmer. Oh, see, that's what I mean. Immediately it goes to, uh, I mean, you didn't mean it in a derogatory I, way. I lied. But you lied. I and, lied. You know, and swimmers aren't looked upon uh, as very valiant athletes in high school. But they're hairless. They're so hairless. I got away with it. You got away with it. I yeah. kind of I was on my feet. I kind of picked that up, said I'm a swimmer. Yep. I don't have hair and people bought into it. So <laughs> You did it. You got by. I, I did. I got by. But yeah. you so you were you were So I was oh, I was somewhat I was I was liked. I was not an unpopular kid. Um but people, you know, I was a bit of a weirdo. I was into the mad magazine and and horror movies and you know, it was just it was a strange lovely weird kid, but um was able to get along with most. So, and I was funny. That was the other thing. So, you know, that helped. And your parents were cool. They were very cool. They liked what you were doing. They accepted everything they liked. Didn't they, they think did. you were weird that you were no, watching horror movies? No, no. They were always very, they were very supportive. Still are. Yeah. Yeah. They were down with it. I remember like asking my mom, like, there's something worth me. I like blood too much. She's like, no, there's nothing what? weird. You just, which, which is to say, like, when I was watching horror movies, I loved all the gore effects. And I thought that was weird that I was just obsessed with that. And I would, you know, and I'm like, mom, is there something wrong? She's like, no, relax. What is it though? <laughs> what is it about you and I, you and me, that we. Just you and I. Is that an Eddie Rabbit? Yeah, uh, that's. Um, just you and I. Oh, uh, now I'm playing. Oh, Peaches, Peaches and Herb, I think. No. No? I think they sang Reunited. Seals and Croft, maybe. 
I don't know. Maybe. Let's not. But, but just, with the I, horror I, I movies, what was it? Uh, what is it about horror movies that we, since we're a kid, we want to be scared? For me, it's the adrenaline. It's like going on a roller coaster. And when there's a good horror movie, which there aren't good horror movies out there, very there aren't very yeah. many. Yeah. I get an adrenaline. I get scared. I mm-hmm. like getting scared. And yeah. that to me is fun. Is that what it was to yeah, you? Yeah, it was that. I think there was like this element of like, you're not supposed to watch this. Don't watch this. Don't do it. It'll scare you. That's, you know, that'll give you nightmares. Right. You know, I think that was part of it. And also, you know, you're a kid. You want to you want to see some like action and creatures and things that don't exist and get scared. I guess. I don't know. I'm 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 literally armchair uh experting this. Are you? Topic. Are yeah. you? Like, because I, now you fast forward to all this stuff and you finally get to do I mean, we'll talk about Brooklyn nine 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 in the final season. We'll talk about some other stuff, but like you get to direct mm-hmm. a horror movie. This is got talk about this. Is this a dream of yours to always direct this movie? It's called Outpost. Oh, and we were talking about this briefly yeah. last time. I mean, it's 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 a hard place to start. I'm you know to give context here. I'm just a week back from finishing this project that has been with me uh, three years, but has really been with me, you know. Uh, you know, 37 years since I was 13 trying to make a horror movie. So, uh, you know, there's, there's much relief that like this thing is out. It's out of me. (laughs) I've got, I've got this, you know, this goal to have finally done a horror movie and directed it uh, and is kind of out of my system. And I feel lighter and more relaxed because, you know, I, I, I accomplished something that I've been wanting to do for a very long time. So there's that element of achievement there. And then um, the movie itself uh, and the experience of shooting the movie is a whole other chapter of um, joy and uh, uh, like um, bonding with the the people that made it. And uh, there's a lot of emotions mixed up in just having shot this movie on a mountain um, which is a very hard thing to do. Uh, okay, and yeah. and uh, when you do something like that, after hearing so many people say no, um, and then you do it, you, you kind of feel pretty badass. You kind of feel like, well... Uh, I beat the odds. I, beyond that, I beat the odds. Like, I beat the odds, but like I said what I was going to do, and you didn't think I was going to do it. And so there was a li- there's a little bit of a ego. A, yes, there's sure. a little bit of an ego, a little bit of a chip that you know I have to reel in. But it's hard because you just want to kind of show people that it can be done. You know, um, and if you find um, if you find the right people to do it with, and you really want to do it. Um, it was this. Uh, I was watching a documentary about this financier of he's doing like Roger Corman movies. Or I'm going to mess up the quote, but the quote was something like. Um, um, movies don't don't get made because you make them. They get they get made because you have a boner to make them or something like that. It's like it's like it was it's such a hard I, on that I have to do. Something. Yeah, yeah. I messed up the quote, but it's something like that. I like your it's quote. Like, it's a good quote. But it's like you know that's the only way a, a movie is going to get done. It's it amazes me that any movie is made at any budget. Like the amount of th- um of factors that can derail a production is endless. It's just endless. And anytime 
you know, one gets made, even if it sucks, I'm like, wow, man, good for them. They, they made they, the movie. They made the movie. And you don't really understand that until you make a movie. To you Correct. direct a movie, and Correct. then you have a respect for every director Correct. who went out there and directed a movie. Not just every director, but every person that makes a movie. Yeah. So whether that's from the, the set PA to the UPM to your second AD, and you... And, you know, I was lucky enough uh, to finance the movie partly. And once you're- you paid your own money. Yeah. They, all, they always say, don't do that. Yeah, I know. But you know what? They also say, like, just keep trying. Eventually, you'll get the money. And then guess what happens? And then you years go by yeah, and you right. don't get the money. And you're like, oh. I did the same I thing. wish I would have done it. Yeah. <laughs> I put money in By the way, money. by the way. Who's going to bet on you if not yourself? Yeah. Always bet on yourself, man. Right. Like no one else is going to do it. No one else will do it. So to me, it wasn't a waste of money because even if the movie sucks, even if um, even if it doesn't make a dime, even if I was terrible at it, I would have been like, you know what? I've been trying to figure out whether or not I could do this and whether I liked it um, all my life. And I did it and I spent a lot of money, but now I know that A, I don't want to do it anymore, or B, I suck at it, or C, or whatever. And that's that's priceless. So I got that info. So to me, it was a I was a no-brainer. That's an easy, that's an easy bet to put down because that money is gonna pay off in one way or the other. Either in your your being able to sleep at night or for your dead, you can be like, all right, I did that years ago. <clears throat> that's that's just smart payment. You don't want to be 75 years old and say, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I, why does? was I, why was I scared? Why did I do? Yeah. Why was it fear based? Why didn't I? I didn't just do put it because some money I, in because there. everyone said don't put your money in, and then I croak. I'm like, oh, because they said don't put your money in. How much money did you put in? I can't. I can't say. <laughs> I can't disclose. I can't disclose. But is it? Is, it, it, is a it a million dollar amount. movie? It's under a million dollar movie. Under a million dollar movie. Yeah, and how and many it, days did you shoot this movie? We shot. We had a 16 day shoot. It was an uh, 89 page script. We averaged between six and eight pages a day. We were, um, it was a 16 day shoot, but we were on the mountain um, for seven days and it was an hour up to the top and an hour down. So we really lost two hours every day. Did you realize that before you started in prep yeah. and you're like, holy shit, okay. Yeah, yeah. oh you're yeah, like no, we, we did our due diligence there. But you know, just to brag a little bit more uh, and boast is because we lost two hours for seven days, that's 14 hours we lost. So we really shot the movie in 15 days. Absolutely. Just go with that. I just want to. Yeah. You did. Wanna, yeah. I mean, it was a work day. Um, I don't know. I'm still so proud of everyone that did the movie. So I, I can't, you know, my um, DP is a friend of mine. His name's Frank Barrera. And I've known him since I was 17. And um, he, he does a number of movies uh, from budgets like this to larger ones. And uh, we've been wanting to do a movie for a long time. And he was with it from the get-go. And we worked, you know, a year and a half on shot lists. And uh, when we're on the plane back from Spokane, we're just kind of shaking our heads saying, how did, how did we p pull that off? Because we, um, we were very lucky there were no injuries on a mountain that was 6300 feet well, not up. only that but about the and, weather and there were no weather events there Ooh, were no equipment failures wow. there were no ego problems on set there were no um thankfully no covid outbreaks there were th nothing and we boy are you it, lucky we were we really were i i mean it, it, you know but you would have figured it out of course you would have figured it out if those problems did exist you know what filmmaking is what is it solving problems yeah it's problem solving 
it so, is. Someone's something you have, a, have to have a boner for, as I recall. That's a right. It's problem solving. And also someone else, I think one of, one of my producers uh, said this also, is like, it's, it's problem solving, but also throwing a party. You got to throw a party and you got to problem solve. And you got to make right. sure it's a safe party. You got to, because you got to make sure everyone's having a good gotta time. You got to be a good host. You got to be a good like host. The host. People got to like the host. Um, so it's somewhere in between that. Inside of you is brought to you by Shopify. You know I use Shopify. You guys go on the, you know, inside of you online store and you see how easy it is to navigate for you. It's so amazing. Shopify, I can't think of anyone else that would do this uh, the right way like Shopify does. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. It's so easy to navigate. And when you want to add discounts, like for instance, I just had a discount where I put uh, Michael 15, and that was my discount code. How much of a percent? 15% off the total order. Easy. Adding products. It's so easy. You put a picture. You just upload a picture. You put a description. It, it, it does everything for you. And the analytics are so easy to use. Uh, this is the most selling product. Oh, I should get more of those. This is the least selling product. This is how much I made for this month compared to last year or last month. It's so easy to navigate. I feel like a pro and Shopify has really helped me do that. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash inside, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash inside now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash inside. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire 
and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash inside. Inside of you is brought to you by Neurohacker. Qualia Synaletic. I just sent some of this to my mother and she's starting to notice the differences hmm. in herself. And, she, and because I noticed my mother was always had brain fog and, and she couldn't think clearly. And, and, you know, and, and I, I was like, well, this stuff works for me. And what's great is I didn't even, they weren't even a sponsor when I started using this. Um, have you heard of Synaletics yet? Well, listen, it's a class of ingredients discovered less than 10 years ago. And they're being called one of the biggest discoveries of our time for helping to promote healthy aging and helping to enhance your physical prime. Your life goals in your career and beyond require productivity. But let's be honest, the aging process is not our friend when it comes to endless energy and productivity. That's why I use Qualia Senolytic. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging, such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, hello, sluggish mental and physical energy, hello, associated with that middle age feeling, hello. Also known as zombie cells, they are old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. Much like pruning the yellowing and dead leaves off a plant, Qualia Senoletic helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And you just take it two days a month. That's it. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all ingredients together. And they must believe in their product because they have a 100-day money-back guarantee. It's pretty amazing. I felt higher energies. Uh, I feel uh, more focused, um, younger. I have to say, because a lot of these things make me feel younger. I feel more uh, productivity happening in my life, a little more enthusiastic. Help resist aging at the cellular level. Try Qualia Senoletic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside for up to $100 off and use code inside at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. Thanks to Neurohacker for sponsoring today's episode. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The products and statements are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Did you run into any problems where you went to bed at night and thought, what am I doing? I can't do this. Uh, th wow, that was a terrible day. Or uh, wow, I'm in over my head. I thought I could do this. A lot of that happened um, leading up to it and the week before. Um, and even sleepless day, nights. Oh, sleepless nights. Nights. Uh, sleepless nights. Sleepless uh, nights. Sleepless nights. Uh, <laughs> nice. Oh, there's so many sleepless nights. So many. Uh, yeah, but once, <laughs> once, um, once I was in it and started shooting, there wasn't time to get upset about anything for too long or upset about anything at all because you never lost your cool. No, I no, I, I didn't lose my cool. I I, I don't think. I, I mean, you'd have to ask, you know, my lovely wife and lead <laughs> Beth Tover and so, wait. So the DP wife was a lead. She was. Oh, incredible. now come on, that doesn't yeah. that had a whole thing because I know that you 
worked with her in Brooklyn Nine-Nine and you, yeah. uh, I believe you directed an episode that she was in? No, I didn't direct or, the one she was in. She was she was in an episode. We, we've we acted together before in, 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 the, in the Wet Hot American Summer right, series right, on right, Netflix. Right. And we worked very, very well together, very well. We hadn't acted in, you know, we didn't do the actor-director thing yet. and But we thought we had a pretty good shot at that because of the type of people we are. We're, we, um, you know, Beth is an incredible actor and, and doesn't, you know, require a lot of um, hand-holding, you know. Um, That's good. You she know, doesn't need to be told how great she is all the time. Well, I, I think every actor, including myself, <laughs> loves, needs loves that. The, needs that. How was I? Is I that? Did, am I giving you what you want? Yes, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, I think we're all there, including me. No, but but you know, um, it, it was helpful because I had a conversation with all the actors, you know, all of whom were friends of mine, except for uh, one, uh, Otto uh, Sando, who was incredible in this movie, and his vibe was incredible and got along with everyone great, and. Um, but the rest of the cast I knew well, and we had a conversation about what kind of production this was going to be, which was one that ran very fast. And because of the logistics of the production, um, we wouldn't really have time for a lot of takes. And so uh, they knew that we were going to move pretty know fast. Know your shit, hit your mark, know which your they lines. All, which they all did. And I, and I said, look, you know, we're in a tight space. A lot of the movie takes place in this fire tower. It's a 12 foot by 12 foot space. There's enough room for me and the DP, who's also the operator, Frank, um, and the actor and like a sound person. How many cameras? Um, well, we used um, we used uh, one one camera, mini Alexa. However, you know when you rent a camera, they give you another body just as a backup. And right. so then we bought extra accessories to make sure at bare minimum that could work. We right. couldn't pull focus on it, but we so on heavier days we had two cameras. Um, but in addition to that we were shooting second unit um, while we're shooting our, our first unit. So, and you're trusting the other guys to do your second unit. Yes, because we had to. And also uh, the, the other guys have, were, you know, our second unit team was my uh, unit production manager, Jay Smith. He was out of, he was out of Portland and um, he also was a first AD and second AD on, on other movies. And so um I'm sorry, second unit director on other movies. So he became like a point guy. But our main guy was this great um, uh, camera operator out of Spokane named uh, Deshaun Bedford. And he would be running B camera on the days we would run two cameras. And then on the other days, he would go out with a different camera, uh, either the mini Lexa if we weren't using that, or the Black Magic 4K, and he would do other um, second unit stuff. Panasonic GH5. Now, now I'm really kind of listing all the. This is the nerdy stuff. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, all the equipment stuff. Stuff but you're learning along the way. We had a lot right. of cameras because we didn't want to miss anything. We didn't. Did, have is a lot it? Of time. Is it a scary movie? Is it psychological? Is it? Is it paranoid? It's. It, it's got to be. Is it bloody? Yeah, there's gore in there. It's. I. Th I think it's a pretty scary movie. We'll see. I mean, there were. Um, you know, it's about. Uh, it's about a woman who experienced this violent assault, and she goes to. Um, to a lookout tower to, you know, try to get her life back in order, get some peace of mind and isolation. But um, the PTSD and the isolation um, does not give her the, <laughs> the self-recovery that she was hoping for, and it kind of spins her out. So um, it's a, the movie's a lot about, you know, seeing things that aren't there and uh, what's real, what's not, and uh, mainly what happens when you don't get help for um, a traumatic event um, that you can't handle 
on your own to better help online therapy that's exactly what you Brought do to you by better i'm telling you they're one of our sponsors but you know that's, that's true really, when you, that's when, you when you but when you don't get therapy when you don't work your demons correct. out yeah th these things happen yeah and that's what happens to her in this movie yeah i mean there's it goes over a lot of mental illness in this movie for sure um did you deal with mental illness as a child or had family members that dealt with it um no i mean i you know i have levels of like ocd and um uh, but nothing that I didn't suffer from um, depression or or anything. You've like never that. suffered from any kind of depression, really. I've been depressed for sure, of but course. situational and depression. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it was. It, I was never too anxious. I feel more anxious now that I'm older than I remember yeah, what, being what, as a kid. What is that? Why does this happen? I think because you just have more to lose. I mean, your the stakes are higher. You're, Why? Um, I think you know more about the world and how terrible it can be <laughs> how like how, how many awful things are in it and how many incredible things are in it too but you know you're just like man uh, you know a lot of the randomness i think can bring anxiety um to that's people. true you know but that's what happens it seems like the older i get the more anxious i get the more i care and i'm like why do you care so much when you were younger you didn't care so much you weren't yeah. stressed as much yeah you just yeah. kind of filled your days with fun and and work and just went went with the flow yeah, well, it was easier to be in the moment then, right? Do you, when, when you're working with your wife, and we'll move on here, but when you're working with your wife, is there any times where she's like, Joe, Joe, I get it, I get it, I get it, or you have those moments, and do you talk about these moments before they happen? Like, look, we're working close together, I'm directing you, I'm going to say things, you're going to get mad at me, I want more, I want more, I want more, and, yeah. and, and I'm yeah. your husband, and this is going to be odd. Yeah, um, we did talk about it, and, um, you know, we got through it, there was only one episode, it was totally my fault, mm. and I did... I didn't lose my cool, but the, 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 you know, I was, it was in the first two, one or it was like, maybe it was day three. Um, and we were at the end of the day and it was completely unprofessional on my part, but I'm going to come clean because this is what this podcast is about. We're yeah. getting inside of me. Come clean, please. I'm going to come clean. And you know, it was, uh, and by the way, I'll tell you if it was your fault. No, it definitely was my fault. It was, and, and, you know, as, you know, she asked, as any actor would do, she's like, what, you know, what am I, what's, what, what's my action here? What am I supposed to be doing exactly? And I thought it was kind of obvious what she was supposed to be doing. And I was also, it was a long day. I was a little stressed. Um, and I said, your action is we have 15 minutes to get this shot. And then it's the end of the day. And I was very mortified and ashamed. And she's like, okay. And and then she did the action and it wasn't what I it wasn't right because I didn't tell her what to do. And we had to kind of reset this kind of big thing. It was totally my fault. And she was so annoyed, it had every right to be uh with me. But I I effed up for sure in that moment. But I will say that that really was the only moment like that throughout the whole uh show where i and because i learned the lesson i'm like right, just you learned your lesson early i learned it early and you know and it was during the big climactic scene at the end and there was certain you know um pacing of action that i needed and i just wasn't clear and um anyway so that was the lesson learned and other than that we were we were spot on fantastic i love working with her and and it was great because you know i wrote the role with her in mind and i knew that she had all the levels to play it and then then watching her do it i'm like man there's still more there that i didn't even see she was terrific in it how um, many years ago did you write this script 
I, I, I broke the story. Broke the story. <laughs> in, uh, in, this, in the spring of 2018, in like March of 2018. Oh, so this happened pretty quickly. Within three years, you make a movie. That's, that's rare. It's rare. And you know what? I was, to show you how like out of touch of, with reality I was, I was like, I'm going to write it in March. And then this summer, I'm going to shoot it. Like the summer of 2018. Like an idiot. Like I just, mm. I'm an impatient person. Yeah. by nature i want to do it now we got to do it now i've always that's that's been my burden the cross that i've have to and you have learn. a child eli and and you can't be you have Correct. to learn patience don't the, you oh, when you have a child I, I'm, I'm telling you this is going to be his great lesson to me is uh, I'm, i have to learn it now and um that's always been a, a a stick in the mud for me and um i learned it on this project for sure even though as you say three years is no time from you know conception to you know, end of it's production fast. to get something. Dodgeball done. took 12 years to make. No one would buy it. No one would Is make that it. right? Something like 12 years. Did you hear that, Ryan? No, I never heard that. Yeah. Something like 12 years. So even, even the funny movies, the hit movies, they take a long time to make. And like you yeah. said, you got to have a boner for it. You have to say, I'm making this fucking movie. Yeah. I'm making it. And you made it. I made it. I'm I so, did. I'm proud of you. Thanks, man. It's I, such I an achievement. It. No, Nobody could take that away from you. But you a, went and made a movie. I had a lot of, um, I really did have a lot of support and a lot of friends like yourself and others that you know um, that have been like, you're going to do it, dude. You'll get it done. And uh, it was nice to, to hear that. Did just, your other friends, like the guys from the state who have been your friends since New York University back in the day, yeah. who then you went on to do Wet Hot American Summer and tons of Stella yeah. shorts and tons of, did they ever get jealous that, oh, he's he's the one who got the hit show on Brooklyn nine nine nine? Oh, he's the one who's going to direct the movie. Where's our roles? We gave him these roles in Wet Hot. You don't, you, what do you mean you don't know? Because <laughs> I, one, I, I don't, one, I don't think so. They're all doing incredibly well. <laughs> I know. Like, I know. <laughs> it's not like, you know, they're doing, um, they're all so amazing amazingly talented again this gets back to like surrounding yourself with people that are better uh, and you know uh, look jealousy is something we've all that's a that's it's a, a green-eyed monster it is um we've all dealt with that yeah we know? have um brooklyn 99 i mean how many seasons is this now uh on august 12th the eighth season will be premiering on nbc and I'm really excited, and it's it's strange coming out of something as personal uh, as Outpost, um, the horror movie, into this other incredibly impactful uh, and ginormous part of my life that's changed my life. Brooklyn Nine-Nine finally coming to its eighth season. Like, this season has been in the making for, like, almost two years, like almost two years. And it's got, so many things have happened in the world. Um, our writers have had to rewrite this season at least three times. Wow. Um, based and, on just COVID and Black Lives Matter and all these important things. Based on COVID and then George Floyd right. and then some other stuff happened with, and so it was just an endless, that's their their commitment to getting it right and making it funny is just so impressive to me. Um, I would, I get back to patience. I wouldn't have the patience for it. I'm like, oh, enough. Just NBC, just take these. We did this a year ago. Well, they love the show cover. that much that they rewrote the entire season. They really did. How and many I, episodes? Uh, we did 10 episodes. And you're done. This is it, unfortunately, until, you know, whatever reunion happens, which I'm sure it will at some point. But How um, emotional is that for you on your last day of shooting? 
very vividly. Yeah, very vividly. It was, uh, you know, all day is filled. You, you get to the lot and all day it's just filled with anticipation. Everyone knows that it's going to end today. And so all the scenes that you're doing, there's kind of like you're trying to be present, but it's really about like soon the, the final scene's coming up. The final scene is coming up. The final thing, it's going to come up. And so, you know, it was uh, truly great to have everyone there and uh, and and feel that out. And then, then that scene comes. And, uh, you know, I can't give uh, any of it away, but I'll say that it was very difficult to uh, for the eyes not to stay wet during the scene because wow. the scene is uh, is very close to what was happening in real life and um, and there was just this palpable like pulsating in the room um, so during the shot there's like this moment during the scene there's this moment and we're all making eye contact and it's truly. Oh, I get emotional thinking about it. It was so intense. And, and then it ends. And, um, you know, the, the, where it really sank in is like before the take started, our, um, um, uh, one of our, uh, I could so tell, crew man, members. I could also through. tell you like, like the emotion on you that you're just, I could see you. Oh, how you're, you're going back. I'm there. going you're back trying, in you're it. trying to resist. Let it go. Our, yeah. Our, our, uh, our AC Chris, you know, um, hits the clapstick and you hear, you hear our director, Claire, Claire Scanlon directed the last one. And she's like, um, you know, um, it's like Phil widen out, you know, to, to get like the wide, you know, shot. Um, and you know, Chris is, he's like nine, nine forever slaps the stick. And, and when 99 I, forever, is that the like, only time he said that? That's the only time that was said. Yeah. Nine, nine forever. And you know, on a clapstick on the slate and, uh, and everyone's like, here we go. And so, you know, we, we run, we run it for a long time. We don't really, um, we don't really uh, cut a lot. We're just like rolling and rolling and rolling. So we knew this is it. Like before the cut, before you hear cut, that's what you would hear. That's how they would do it. <laughs> right. And uh, I should blow your ears out. Sorry. Um, that uh, we knew th this was going to be it. So anyway, um, uh, that happens you know, we do hear cut. There's this big, uh, big exhale and roar and clap and, and applause and hugs. Um, but quick hugs cause it's COVID. Um, <laughs> <laughs> quick hugs. hugs with six foot long arms. Right. And, um, we all go outside, you know, um, because there's going to be a, a nice, um, there's a podium out there and everyone is six feet apart and listening to our, DP Rick Page and our creator Dan Gore and uh, just say a few words. And then the thing I was most not prepared for was, uh, you know, when they wrap you out as an actor and you're, they're just going up the call sheet, you know, and they're like, Joel McKinnon Miller. That's a, that's a series wrap on Joel McKinnon Miller. And everyone's just like, Oh no. And I, I was just not, I couldn't keep it together. What? Once they got to me, I, you know. You were gone. Was, oh, I was, I lost it. I was just like, you know, you hear your name, you know, said for the last time on a show that has brought so much, you know, 
wealth and joy, wealth, I say that financially and in emotionally and spiritually to your life that, and, and that you're so grateful. You're just filled with this gratitude and you can't believe it's over. Um, and you know, you're going to still be in touch with, um, with everyone, but it'll be different. You know, or, you know, we're not going to see each other every day and all of that heaviness, all that truth is just coming down. It's just raining on you. You're like, Oh, you're like, just got to, you're just trying so to, so you really lost it. it. You're crying. You're like really yeah, crying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, Were there anyone yeah. who it was like, it was Sandberg emotional? Everyone was emotional. Everyone. There wasn't one person who was kind of stoic. Everyone. Who was happy that it was fucking over. Maybe Andre Brower. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yes. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. Everyone, everyone in their own way. Like you could read their eyes. Like it wasn't all tears, but by body language or just their look or how, I mean, every, everyone you felt knew the magnitude of the end. And what was really nice is that, you know, after that happened, a few of us put our masks back on and we went into the bullpen for the last time and we went out on the kind of rooftop, the fake rooftop out there and just reminisced a little bit in a quieter um, area. You know, it wasn't the everyone. It was just the cast and a couple of the writers. And we just talked about, uh, you know, favorite episodes and memories and it, it was a beautiful end. and we finally left around 10 p.m where we knew that you walked off the set and then that was it the pneumatic drills were going to be heard in the morning everything was coming taking down it apart taking it apart it was all going to go down you're looking at it for the last time and you're just like wow this place is forever in my head and i hope that all the moments that I had over the past eight years are in a secure place up in the, up in the noggin that I can remember because this is it, all this tangible stuff that goes away tomorrow morning. And that's it. And it was intense, man. Did yeah. you cry to your wife? Oh my God. I, I came home and I literally collapsed into Beth's arms and like oh, literally hitch man. sobbed, like, oh, oh, just got it. I was like, it was out. Yeah, man. It felt great. Felt great. Inside of You is brought to you by Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. And look, hair thinning impacts a lot of us, myself included. In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common, it's normal. Join over 1 million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. Nutrafol helps support hair growth from within by targeting possible key root causes of thinning. Stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and even metabolism. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little more of your scalp? as menopause impacted your hormones and your hairline. When it comes to thinning hair, there are many possible root causes at play and Nutrafol helps address them through a multi-targeted whole body approach. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In Nutrafol's own clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months, and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. 
In Nutrafol's own clinical study, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months, and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplements for six months. Take their hair wellness quiz at Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific possible root causes. With Nutrafol, getting help building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription or doctor's visits required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day. You could see results in three to six months. Take the first step to help you see visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code INSIDE. Find out why 4,500 professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L, Dot com promo code inside that's nutrifall.com promo code inside inside of you is brought to you by rocket money if you want to save money listen up <laughs> i don't know how, how to tell you this other than f- this really works ryan went through this mm-hmm. we have so many unwanted subscriptions that we forget we have and uh you know there's so many apps nowadays that we just get lost and you know i'm not very app savvy and, you know, I'll watch a streamer and then the next thing I know, I forget that I just watched one show and I'm still subscribed to this after six months. With Rocket Money, they take care of you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. What do you say? Did you know that nearly 75% and end at... Did you know? That nearly 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about? Yeah, I'm one of those people, Ryan. And between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it's never ending. Thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I could see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few taps. I love the dashboard and how it shows me this month's spending compared to last month. I like doing that. Uh, so I can clearly see my spending habits. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions. That's simply astonishing. Saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. I mean, when you rewind and you go back to the first day on set eight Mm -hmm. years ago, do you ever, I mean, because no one ever thinks this is going to last eight seasons. You're, no on, you're like, I'm lucky to be no, here. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna get, yeah. We think as actors, we're going to be fired tomorrow. Right. This is right. it. Uh, they're going to see the dailies. We're they're going to say. They're uh, going to find out the truth. They're going to find out the truth. We always do that. The, I mean, so you had no thought of like, there's, there's something special here. When did it click no, that this I mean, is special? Um, you know, I, we, we, uh, I put this because I, I, I no one knew it was going to go eight years. I'll say that I knew 
you know, from having been part of um, other great collaborations where the cast clicked, that I knew it was going to be fun and I knew it was going to be good. That I knew. Um, so I knew that. Uh, I didn't know if it would be good with the audience, if people would like it, but I knew it would be something we'd like, we being the cast and friends of mine that are like-minded. I don't think it became something special um, really until we got canceled and picked up. I mean, I feel like that's when, for me, the kind of- When was that, season six? That was after season five. After season after five. After season five. So once that happened, I felt that the show took on kind of a mythical new chapter of this, this phoenix that was raised from the ash. And that became the story of Brooklyn Nine-Nine because- you know, we were all over the news and, you know, more people were suddenly uh, in tune and aware of this, this show than it or they had ever been when it was on the air. And so that's for me, I think when um, you saw the power of, uh, of the people that watch the show, the fans of how important it was to them and how five years of what we were trying to do, which was not like, this is how it should be. It's more like, wouldn't it be great if it was like this, the, you know, police force, you know, and that's always been the uh, approach that that resonated with a lot of other people, people that whether, I don't think anyone really believed it could be that, but um, they believed in the desire for it to be like that. And I think that was very powerful for a lot of people. Wow. I mean, when, when a show's canceled, I've never been on a show that was even reconsidered. Like, you know, you get canceled. Didn't Smallville get canceled? Never and got be... canceled. Never are, are got canceled. You... Okay. So, I mean, if something gets canceled 99.9% .9 of the time, it's done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, That's sometimes right. they go, oh, well, let's shop it around other networks. It never happens. Never name, happens. Name yeah. three shows that it's done. Yeah. It's happened. You just can't really do that. It happened with, it happened with Scrubs. Did it happen with Scrubs? Did it happen with Scrubs? Yeah. Scrubs went to ABC like yeah, after. Yeah. Um, Okay. That was after like eight. That was after like eight or nine seasons. It was yeah, like the I think tail I, end of it. Right, right. But I think it happened with happy endings. Right. I can't remember happy I endings. Can't. But yeah. happy endings didn't last that many. It seasons, didn't. So. But I thought that might have jumped too. But to be canceled um, but, in the fifth but season. But to your point, yes, not not often. It doesn't really. Happen. Were you were you like this is done? You never thought in a million years this is going to get picked up again. Oh yeah, we. I was. I was. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was moving on and. Um, uh, not celebrating is not the right word, but I was kind of with friends and, you know, raising a glass to what great things that the show had brought and to be grateful and everything ends and, you know, and then suddenly it was alive. Well, I know how you think because I think that way. But when the show's over now after eight seasons and it's about to premiere, of course you're thinking about your next job now, right? Well, yes, although, you know, I've, I knew that this, year was going to be completely um, committed to Outpost that I didn't really think too much about what's next because the movie was so important to me, but also, I, I don't know, I was just hoping that, and still do, that, you know, I, I've I put a, I got a pretty good foot in the door now, I would think after a show like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and part of me was worried that like, hey man, you're going to lose your heat. Hey man, you got to jump from one thing to another. You got you got your you got you got to lose your heat, and then that I kicked that voice out out of my head right. um, pretty quickly. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know what my next job is. Are you are you doing Reno nine one one? Oh man, uh, you want to hear something really sad? Yeah. 
is I mean, that I mean I know you don't want to hear something sad. I they're starting shooting today, um, on uh, and on, you just couldn't be there. I couldn't be there because I jump into my edit tomorrow i thought you were gonna say because of the podcast no. you really you really ruined the whole fucking thing man I, Rosie, doing, you really blew it i'm doing your podcast tom bankery but you're working on the movie so you have a certain like when you're done with a movie you have like a couple of weeks of editing and uh sound weeks, of, like a month like right so you couldn't so do it and they I, wanted you to do it of course and i wanted to do it they were so spectacular and um Here's the connection there. So um, the our DP, my DP, uh, Frank Barrera, also is shooting Reno. So Frank went, you know, to Idaho and did Outpost with me on this mountain, this crazy shoot. Rested for a week. We just got back a week ago, and now he's jumping in to do Reno. How do they do that? Talk about a hero. Talk about How do they an have MVP. the strength to do that? Well, he's incredible. He's just truly, um, he's just great, and he's gonna crush it on Reno too. And he he had shot. Um, the last season of Reno as well, when uh, the one that I um, was on, the season eight, I think, or maybe season seven, whatever the last one was. But they're doing a movie now, and I miss those guys so much. And uh, the whole gang, I mean, we had, had such a blast when we did the show on the now defunct Quibi. Um, but now, <laughs> but, but those, I think those episodes are now being redone to premiere on uh, somewhere else. Do you want to jump on another series? Would you rather continue doing movies? Would you, what is it? Do you want to do it all? I, here's what I'd like to do, Rosie. I'd love to do a show for a few months a year and make a little bit of money and then just finance my movies. Because you know what was really nice is uh, being able to hire who you want and- um, Being in charge, being, in a way. Uh, in, in charge, yeah. yeah. You like being in control. Because in a lot of I ways, do. your whole life, not to say you haven't had control- but your the studio is 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 you know yeah hanging over yeah me. the money I'm, people yeah, yeah they're the money people oh you yeah. want me to do this movie you're the boss I'm just that's a guy right. who's coming on the show yeah oh it's always like that but and, this and that's okay I mean that's yeah, how, right. I like doing that too sometimes but like for at least for this first movie I'm like if it's gonna be my first maybe only one who knows how it's gonna turn out I gotta fail my own way like if it's gonna not work I gotta make sure it's because of me and not because someone else was you know, making creative decisions that I disagreed with. Right. Um, and so that was a big plus, but it was also nice just to um, get to understand low budget filmmaking. And yeah. like you, you see behind the curtain, you get, you peek under every rock, you understand every dynamic, every person that uh, has to uh, be uh, hired to make this movie. And um, how one person can bring the whole ship down if they're bad or if they're yeah. not doing their job. I mean, I, we were uh, lucky. Bad, bad. It was just me and two other people financing this movie. People. So it was nice. Three human beings, not this like All right, so $350,000 <laughs> you spend on this movie. <laughs> no, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> but, it, but it was nice to have, um, you know, a smaller investment group. Uh, sure. Um, as well. Anyway, I mean, I, I, um, I learned a lot on this movie. Well, let me ask you this. You're not going to dictate, uh, based on this movie's, the outcome of this movie. Let's say Outpost, hopefully it's a it's a smash hit. It's a, it's great. It, it gets received well. But you're not going to make a decision on, on on directing again and doing another movie if the movie just do, doesn't do well and is cr right. you don't like yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I, I think, you know, I think I'm going to, I loved 
doing you this loved movie. it i loved it so i definitely want to do it again and we're just going to see whether i really will the only way i'm going to do it again is if i do pay for it because no one's going to give me any money or whether it's different where they're like hey that was great yeah we'll help you finance this movie i i, I just i had a great time man and i want to work with those people again as well as old friends that i have worked with um for a long time i just it was a very rewarding experience and um I can't wait. What a what a year. I mean, it's year. the last season. You go through this emotional wave of well, a wave of emotion and through Brooklyn 999. You direct your first feature that you've been yeah. wanting to do that's your passion. You've loved horror movies since a kid. You direct this movie. Now you're going in a post. I mean, what the, probably the biggest year of your life. In, 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 many, a lot of ways. in many ways, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it was gonna be a yeah, I knew it was gonna be a pretty big year with the ending of Brooklyn Nine Nine and and outpost finally happening for sure. What um, was your uh, look? Ryan was a big fan of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. How many oh, episodes cool. did you watch? Oh, all of them. You've seen you every did. one of them. Yeah. I've seen What's all your of them. favorite one? Um, I don't know, but I can remember like the specific bit that got me into it uh, was when you dropped the muffin. Oh yeah. It was yeah. one of the funniest things I'd seen that year. <laughs> it was just Thanks, it was man. just like a really like funny se- like just the way you said I don't know it's like something about the way you said muffin. Uh, my muffin in my head. My yeah. Muffin, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, slams, but, he slams his head into a counter. It's great. Uh, I, uh, thanks, man. I, I was sent, someone sent me a video of their like four year old child. It might have been David Minor or maybe his granddaughter. I can't remember. Anyway, I digress. But, but the, this toddler was imitating that moment and it was the most adorable. And she wasn't really doing it. She was just kind of like, there was a pillow and Mumbling she'd do a pillow and, and be like, my head, my, my muffin, my head, my muffin. She would just go back and forth. But it was the most adorable thing. It was, it was just really well done. I was oh, just really, perfect. really happy to see it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is called uh, Shit Talking with Joe. Oh, I'm going to, this is, I'm terrible at this. This is great. These are just from, uh, these are just from fans, my patrons, my level patrons. Oh, oh nice. Who, uh, if you want to join Patreon, patreon.com slash inside of you. But they have questions. Okay. Emily asks, what was your favorite episode to film in Brooklyn 999? You know, that's very that's very hard. There's 153 of them. Right, but... You have uh, to remember he, that most of them I've forgotten. Um, okay, so those but, weren't the ones. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll say... Um, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm sorry, Emily. There, there was a lot. I, I Well, this, this season... Um, I can't talk about this season. There's a bunch this season that I'm really excited about. That's not helpful Some of your either. favorite stuff. Some of my... Yeah, honestly. Like, there's some great, great, very fun episodes... Um, in this upcoming season. When was it, did you think that they're like, not to say you weren't funny, but Joe Latruglio, we got to give him more and more. When did you see that start to happen? Oh, I, wow. I mean, Was I it mean, from I the think, bat, or do you think they really started building your character more as the seasons went on? I tell you, um, soon as I saw that I was not number one on the call sheet, <laughs> I had an issue. And I was, it was for, it was an uphill battle from that point saying, listen, man, number six needs some bits. Number six needs some bits. And that does so, happen. That yeah, does happen. You know, and so that's when they knew, like, oh boy. Oh uh, boy. We're in fire. We're in fire. Uh, Steph A, who will you, this is a tough question. I don't think you'll answer it honestly, to be honest with you. Who's the funniest? No, who I can't. will you miss most from I Brooklyn Nine Nine? I can't answer. Can that. you name the top two? I can no, I can no, I cannot. Uh, but I but cannot. you do have someone in your head that you will miss the most in your um, mind that you I, won't say. I have like, I have like. As soon as one comes into my head, another three like pop. And I'm like, oh man, 
you know, and it's, you it's know, not a fair question. Uh, it's, it's a hard, I could tell you who I missed the most s- and I left my show. Yeah. Who? I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah. It's hard, right? <laughs> it is hard. Yeah. No, I think, um, I miss my, my makeup artist. Oh, that's Natalie. nice to say. She was always, she was like my mother. I mm-hmm. saw, I, I, I was with her hours, you know, putting the makeup on and all this stuff and like, you know, the, the head stuff. Yeah. And I just remember like, I'm going to miss her. I'm going to miss her the most because I spent the most time with her and she, she knew my whole life. She was like, fam- she was really family. Yeah. Oh, but cast nice. members, that's, that's difficult. Uh, we we but- all got so tight. I mean, we, we really did. I mean, you know, there are some that I will see more than others because, you know, like Terry's very busy. Andre's on the, you know, East coast. Um, but Andy and Steph and, and Melissa and Chelsea, I feel like I'll see those guys. Leanne P, you know, she knows that you're directing a horror movie. As a horror film, psychological thriller movie fan herself, she was wondering what some of your favorite horror films were. Ah, that's a great question. Well, I'll lead with um, The Brood, um, David Cronenberg. Yeah, Yeah, that's my favorite. Wow. And um, I love all his stuff. How about the movie to your right that we just talked about, underrated movie? Oh, well, Return of the Living Dead. I love that movie, too. I love the humor in that movie, Um, you know, you got a, you got a lot in here, Rosie, that I love. The Thing is up there for sure. Oh, the thing. You know, the um, Outpost was, uh, there's a few movies that influenced that. Uh, Repulsion was one of them. The Shining. Wow. Uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, 78. Look um, at you, going Amityville, deep. Amityville Horror, Amityville. 79. A lot of zooms in that one. Yeah, and they that house. I miss know, those old so. zooms. Did well, you do some well, of that in yours? You're, you're gonna, they're coming back in Outpost. Yeah, thank God. I love yeah. those. Things. I love the whole, you know, the pans and the mm-hmm. the the, uh, the tilts and the zooms and we the. We got all of them. We got all the. T- you know, I mean, they, we got the they, T's. We got the P's. We got the Z's. They, baby, they did it a lot T-P-Z. in the old seventies and eighties. They had. They took their time with it. Um, the chief wants to know the funniest shenanigan off camera moment on the set of Super Bad. Do you remember anything really funny happening on Super Bad? I mean, you weren't you were there a bit. Oh, I, I was there a bit. Um, man, I, on, gosh, uh, it's been a while. I know it's been a while. Like we we had a lot of. Um, I just remember it was very chill that set. Uh, I had just that's where I met Bill Hader for the first time, and um, what a genius he is! He is when he does that impression from Dateline, Keith Morrison. Uh huh. Oh, it just kills me. He's, he's great. I met, you know, I met really all those guys there. For, I, I had known the director, Greg Matola. He had, we had traveled in the same circles when we lived in New York in the mid nineties. Um, yeah. What, uh, I, I remember that I was super nervous because there was going to be a lot of improv in the scene where uh, I, I hit Jonah Hill with the car. You know, that whole, that whole scene is just like, I don't know, maybe it was like maybe a half a page or maybe a page of dialogue. And there was just, you know, Judd wanted to keep us going and and Greg wanted to keep us going. And, you know, I was just motor mouth because that was a lot of just nerves. Luckily, it came out funny. Um, That was fun to do. I mean, that that scene was great. What about when it doesn't come out funny? Does the director say, hey, yeah, get rid of all that stuff? No, I think uh, they just know the director would be like, well... I'll cut that, but you know, you, you know, uh, you know. I I think uh, directors probably shouldn't be like, that wasn't funny. Don't do that, <laughs> or that didn't work. I mean, people say, yeah, yeah. Hey, let's you, try well, something you, different. Let's you, try something different. That's what you say. Like that's what you, you say. say, you say, like, all right, great, we got that. 
You know, look and, at, like, and then you say, look at the big director you know, over yeah. here. He said, we got like, that. That was great. That. that was great. Great jobs. That. You're a liar. Nice. You're a lying yeah, director. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, we did get that though. We did get it. I remember I watched, um, uh, uh, a guy that I knew, uh, guy that I knew years ago, there was a, a, a guy that I traveled in the same circle with. He was a friend, but not a friend, but kind of a friend, friend enough where I had to not lie to him. And he went up and did uh, stand up and it was just, it just horrendous. It was a, a failure. And, um, and he was tone deaf. He didn't really get it. Like he didn't, and he comes off and he's, he's pretty happy. He's like, he's like, yeah, man, what do you think? I just held, took a beat and went like, Man, you really went for it with a big smile, like, and he did, and that's what I did, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah." That was that's a positive way to approach it because some you know, people, some actors, yeah, if you approach them with like, "Yeah, that's your energy is completely wrong," everything's, yeah. and some directors don't give a fuck. They'll say that. I did, I did, I did uh, this really. Here's a funny story uh, to my dear friend Ken Marino. Um, well, I mean, he's going to be in the podcast. Oh, great. Ken's uh, well, great. you have to ask him about this. Okay. So, so he gets this pile. This is like in 96, 97. And, um, you know, we've done the state, but no one really knows who we are. He got this pilot and I went to go watch it like live. It was like, uh, I think Mark Ruffalo was in it too. It was like the great cast. And um, I was in the audience and <laughs> I cannot believe I did this. And just know when I did this, know that it really was coming from a place of like wanting, trying to give notes. So he's on the soundstage. I am, you know, in the bleachers that they have in the soundstage. You've been there. But for those that don't know, you know, they, they bring a bunch of people in and you watch this live taping. It's a three camera show. And, you know, they do a scene and then they're like cut. And then they kind of move stuff around in between takes. You know, the actors, if they want, could go up to the bleachers and, you know, talk to their friends or parents. So Ken looks over after a take and he kind of does like, you know, shrugs his shoulder and looks at me like, like, like how'd I do? Like, you know, hands out, like, what do you, what do you think? And I, <laughs> I, I go, uh, and I, and I, 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 I told my, I give like an, uh, with my hand, like an, okay, I'm trying to describe for the listeners, like an, okay, with the hand, <laughs> not an, okay, sign, like, like, what, what would you call it? Like you just tilt the like, hand up eh. Like, eh, like this, but then I go, then I, then I, then I turn like the I'm turning it down. No, no, turn it up. So I turn the volume, like signal, turning the volume dial, and then giving a thumbs up, like turn it up. Basically, it was okay. Turn it up. <laughs> his face, his face was like, what? Like, like, like he was not ready to to kind of hear, you know, nothing other than like. Great man, all good. Was like, he mad? He wasn't mad. I think he was like, <laughs> he was like, oh, okay, okay. Like, I don't know. It was really like, of course, he was terrific, but I just wanted, I guess, uh, 97, 1997 Joe wanted more at the time out of Ken Marino <laughs> for that take. <laughs> I guess he just, he oh could have given God. a little bit more, you know? Um, could you, you imagine you, oh, that is hilarious? Can you imagine your friend? You invite your friend for support, and you're like, "Listen, come on!" And and you're like, eh, "Turn it up a bit." Come on, you can do better. You better than that. Bigger, bigger. You have to, bigger's you, better. You have to ask him about. Yeah, it. remind me of that. Oh uh, my that's, god, uh, what a treat! So, uh, you know, and I love you, man. Sebastian wants to know the part you played was it specifically written for you. The high pitched voice still kills him today. Oh, well, uh, thanks, Brian. Uh, no, it wasn't. It Steph wasn't Sebastian. Oh, Sebastian. 
What did you say? I said Ryan. Oh, that's right. Who's sitting next to me? Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Sebastian. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Alan. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, it was not written for me. That was just um, uh, a choice that um, the uh, John Hamburg had for the character. How many choices do you think you make on average that you improvise something and it gets in? I would say per scene, I probably make about mm, about eighty nine choices per scene, and I'll, and I'll you know the first uh, first forty are within the first few lines, and then you know the rest mm, you'll get about twenty. Uh, when there's I'm not talking, I'll make twenty choices with my face that you wouldn't be able to tell, um, but I'm making them, and then the last part is where the choices really uh, come into play. Really, I, I closed. I closed with about uh, three choices at one time. Do you, do you ever, <laughs> while you're on set, whether it's Brooklyn Nine Nine or whatever, yeah, do something and you're like, I just, I was not great in that scene. Yes, often, um, often. and then move on. Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, uh, a couple times. I've um, I've done like, well, we didn't get that, um, but we're gonna move on, and um, I'm I'm not that proud of that. I. And it was because I had only made 50 choices that time and not the 89. <laughs> do you say that out loud? Like, do you ever mention that or you just move on? You, don't, you ever like comment on your like, well, we're going to move on, but I wasn't good. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. People like, they'll move on to like, you know, the kind of break room set and also be in the bullpen being like, well, didn't get that one guys. Swung and missed on that one guys. Like Joe, come on in. We got to, you know, do a quick blocking rehearsal. Yep. Didn't get it. Still, still thinking about the other scene. Still thinking about the other I've scene. I've done that before. I have nightmares about a scene. They're like, why did I do it like that? Why didn't I have more confidence? Why didn't I? Yeah. Do you ever feel like that? Like all of a sudden oh, your yeah. confidence level for one scene's down and it Absol was up on another? Yeah, often. Usually after lunch, uh, my confidence is down. <laughs> You're tired. You had too much Parmesan. Too, yeah. I just got up from a nap. I'm like, oh, man, where's my espresso? You know? <laughs> Well, this is a treat. Listen, I, I I love having you on. I'm glad you came on. I'm so excited to see you. Know, I'm a big horror movie man. Yeah, so if I, you if you ever want to screen it in the basement here, oh my god! If you ever want to like, if, if I can come to a screening, I'd love to. Absolutely, whatever I, you need from me. Thank you, man. Um, I'd, I'd love to come back and talk about it more uh, once we're done. I, I, I would love that. I can't. I cannot wait to see. Thanks, it. man. I mean, I, people don't realize what it takes to make a movie and a low budget movie under a million dollars, and you're shooting up in the mountains, and you know you make your dreams come true. And and I and I love seeing you make your dreams come true. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Ryan. You got anything you want to say to Joe? No, thanks. Just for you know being around. Thanks, man. Ryan. I enjoy I enjoy watching you and stuff. You're, it's always a it's always a real. Treat. Well, yeah. Sebastian, it was nice sitting next to you. Oh yeah, <laughs> thanks, <God. laughs> It was. <laughs> I love you, man. Thanks for allowing love me to be inside of you. <laughs> thanks, man. All right, buddy. Bye. Uh, there you go. Uh, wonderful man. Um, I wish him the best in all his endeavors. And uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, the final season. Make sure you watch it. Tune in. Um, thanks for uh, staying here with us. Thanks for tuning in every week. Um, as Ryan said, the handles are at Inside You Podcast on Instagram and Twitter and at Inside You, oh no, at Inside You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and at Inside You Pod on the Twitter. Uh, you can join Patreon if you want to help the podcast in other ways. My lovely patrons really give back in more ways than one. Patreon.com slash Inside of You. Uh, Stageit.com. You can see my band, Sunspin Play. It's Rob, my uh, guitarist's birthday, my partner in crime. And you can also go to sunspin.com and get tickets if that's easier. Um, but 
before we uh, let you go here today, and I, I thank you sincerely for tuning in. And uh, again, if you like the podcast, please subscribe. It helps the podcast so much. There's so many other podcasts, but if you're liking this one, if you enjoyed my candid conversations, Ryan, what would you say? How would you urge people to listen? Uh, like what? Just where to go? No, just like oh, why just, would you listen to this fucking this podcast? One? Uh, because you have some good conversations, some deeper conversations that, uh, sort of go beyond just, uh, acting or show business. It like, you know, it starts there, but it always, you know, cause that's some interesting stuff. That's the juicy stuff. But then you get into some real talks and, uh, they, they can offer you some insight on how people live. Uh, it might help you. Yes, it helps me. And I'm sure it helps a lot of other people out there. So thanks for that. Uh-huh. Let's read the top tier patrons. These are patrons who give back. They're in the top tier. They give back uh, a, a lot to the podcast. And I'm going to read their names off. That's one of the perks. They get to hear their names read off. Here we go. Nancy D, Leah S, Trisha, Sarah V, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H, Mama Lauren, G, Nico P, Jeffrey W. I'm sorry. It's Jerry W, mm. not Jeffrey. Robert L, Jason W, or is that Robert I? Robert I. Robert I. Jason W. Apothean. Kristen K. Amelia O. Allison L. Raj. C. Joshua D. Emily S. CJP. Samantha M. Jennifer N. Stacy L. Jen S. Jamal F. Janelle B. Carrie B. Tabitha 272. Not to be confused with. Tabitha 273. Kimberly E. Mike E. Eldon Supremo. 99 more. Ramira. Santiago M. Sarah F. Chad W. Leanne P. Janine R. Maya R. Maya P. Maddie S, Shannon D, Belinda N, Kevin V, James R, Chris H, Dave H, Spider-Man Chase, Sheila G, Brad D, Ray H, Tabitha T, Lilian A, Michelle. Okay. Nice. Way to jump in there. Michael S, Talia M, Betsy D, Claire M, Laura L, Chad L, Rochelle, Nathan E, Marion, Meg K, Janelle P, Trav L, Dan N, Lorraine G, Carrie H, Veronica K, Big Stevie W. W. Kendall T, Angel M, Rhiannon C, uh, Corey K, Super Sam, Coleman G, Dev Nexon, Michelle A, Liz L, Liz I, I guess, Jeremy C, Andy T, Cody R, Sebastian K, Gavinator, Ann H, David C, Ellie M, John B, Brandy D, Yavor R, Camille S, Bano, Urbano, The C, Joey M, Willie F, Christina E, and Adelaide and welcome newcomers welcome all new patrons and i love you to all the patrons out there who support the podcast in so many different ways you mean the world to me big shout out to my editor jason you're doing a fantastic job big shout out to ryan here my engineer my main man my side man in crime the side man side man in crime (laughs) and big bryce uh thank you cumulus for supporting the podcast and everyone that listens uh be good to yourselves um Thank you for allowing me to be inside each and every one of you today. From the Hollywood Hills in California, I'm Michael Rosenbaum. I'm Ryan Taylor from Hollywood, California. A little wave, Ryan. And uh, we'll see you next time. We'll see you on the flip side. Enjoy your week. Be good to yourselves. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.